Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We have someone in the game that started off originally owning two car dealerships for 13 plus years, bringing it up from nothing to 16 million a year. Recently, jumping into real estate, you know, several years ago, doing it on his own, and now has partnered up with a few gentlemen to really focus on what I love in, in my backyard of San Diego. He Alan is in Phoenix, Arizona, but investing over here and taking single family properties and really converting them, getting them entitled and so forth to be able to convert into multifamily and really setting up their investors with stronger returns. They just created a fund recently and I'm sure is more than excited to, with all the opportunities that are coming across their desk to take down more properties, but also get the strongest returns for their investors. And so it's just a really awesome, exciting time, I'm sure, right now for you, Alan. But for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, where you're from, what you're up to, do you mind just giving that 30,000 foot view? And how are you today, brother? Yeah, I'm great. Yeah, you've done a great job given some of the background. So I got to lead with I'm a pilot. I'm an entrepreneur, previous car dealership owner. I own some commercial property. And now really, I think I've hit my stride with these developments in San Diego. I've always loved San Diego. And um, it's amazing the opportunity to say, I got to go to work, which means I got to go. I'll be in an hour from now, Brandon, I'll be firing up the plane and heading towards San Diego. I'll be on the ground at two o'clock or something and meeting with investors and walking properties. So it's a great life. You got to hang out by the beach, man. It's a tough, it's a tough world we live in in 70 degrees weather, That's sunshine right. all day. <laughs> so talk to me, man. Obviously coming from the dealership background to where you are today, how did real estate even, you know, start? How did it come up for you? Did you have any friends, family members that were doing it? Like what was the inspiration? Uh, the inspiration was desperation, really. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a good motivator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a terrible process to go through when you do it in real life. But yeah, we had a ton of success in the car dealership world. We had grown the business to $16 million a year, had 30,000 followers on Facebook, uh, repeat customers. We had a shop, actually two shops with seven or eight mechanics, the whole thing, right? My whole life, I had been taught that you show up early, you stay late, you outwork everybody else, and that's how success happens. Never learned anything about real estate. So we went that 13-year run, most of that, without owning the ground that our business was operating on. We were leasing a spot. We did buy a place where we were going to build a new location and then actually purchase the ground for the second location. And... And then things kind of came undone. And this is something you and I haven't chatted about much, but in 2018, 2019, and 2020, so in a two-year run, we lost three parents. I lost both of my in-laws to cancer and my dad to a massive stroke. And for lack of anything other than the truth, it wrecked me. Yeah. And 
I woke up at, you know, 43 years old and my dad was 66 when he passed away from a stroke and wow. he hadn't developed any passive income, you know, thank goodness for the life insurance that was going to take care of my mom. But I realized that now if I had 23 years left, the way that I wanted to do life wasn't show up early, stay late and outwork everybody else. And that started a journey of discovery. The property that we bought to do a dealership got some really great advice from an attorney to visit with the developer. He suggested multifamily. I had no idea what multifamily was. So I started going online and going to local real estate meetups and working with the attorney and an architect. We had designed about a hundred unit apartment complex. And I didn't have any idea that that was a big deal. I just that's just what I had and what I was going to do. And so I'd go into these meetups and I'd say, yeah, we're developing this piece of ground. It's going to be a hundred unit apartment complex. And people's jaws would drop because everybody in the room was trying to buy their first rental property or looking for a duplex. And, you know, that I learned a couple of things in that process. The first one was I needed to find a different room and I, yep. people were doing what I was doing or things that were bigger than what I was doing. And the second thing was, is that I really lacked, I had no idea what cap rates were. I didn't know what rent rolls were. I mean, I knew nothing about development and here. I just stepped into a project that ultimately would have an exit of probably upwards of 50 or $60 million. And thankfully I found networks and people that could provide some guidance and we're getting close to entitlement on that property now, but it's been a, a wild educational journey for the last three years. Wow. Yeah. Alan, I appreciate you being vulnerable and, and sharing with us at those tough times, you know, three family members, especially at young ages, that's, it's just, it's heartbreaking and it's uh, just the unexpectedness and everything all at once. It's, it's a lot, man. So I appreciate you sharing that with our audience. It's the tough times that we go through that I feel like our character is built and it either makes or breaks you. And I'm glad that it didn't break you and it was able to, you know, push you forward during those tough times to be able to to take it to the next level. So that first property, how did you actually find that? How did you lock that in contract? What did that look like? Yeah. So the first property was five acres and actually my partner and I decided it was time to look for another location for the dealership. And I walked outside looked across the street and for the first time saw this for sale sign on this lot that was across the street. I don't know how long it had been for sale. I don't know. if It, it was probably there for about seven years. And, yeah. you know, it's the first time that it actually, it's like the placebo effect of once you get the car, then yeah. you see the car everywhere. <laughs> well, that may be true. The people that were there had been there for like 40 years and sure. just ready to do something different. It was like a rundown art studio. It was this really cool building that had been built like in the 20s or 30s. But then there was a bunch of ramshackle huts on the other parts of the property. And, you know, we had some exciting times in the beginning. We had to clear the property and there were people living there without leases. There were people that had been there for 20 or 30 years that were paying the previous owner like $300 a month. And, you know, it was just crazy. It was hard to believe it even happened, but um, we got it cleared out and have been working through the development process, which I don't know that I would advocate somebody jumping into a development project like this on their first deal. And if I was going to do it over again, I definitely would look for partners with more experience. Yes. Um, I think 
we'd probably already have entitlement, probably already have the property sold or ground broken if I had done that. At this point, two and a half years in, it doesn't, we're right at the finish line, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I have leaned into a lot of people in my network when big questions have come up about direction to take, especially as rates have changed and values have changed. And, you know, there's been so much turbulence in that space, uh, especially in the multifamily space, the last six months and moving forward in the next couple of years is super turbulent. Yeah, I want to talk about the turbulent in in just a few minutes. So for that particular property, you bought it, what, cash or you f- did financing for it? You locked it up in contract, you took it down. And then the last couple of years, you've been trying to figure it out and get it entitled. And now you're to the point that it's coming up on, you know, being able to do something with it and build, correct? Yeah. So, you know, again, just total lack of knowledge. I didn't know it was supposed to be done any different, but I'd had an uncle who a year or so before had seen what I was doing with the dealership. And he said, you know, Hey, I've got, I've got some money and would love to invest in something that you're doing at some point. And so when we saw this property, I called him. And so we bought it with zero down. He financed the entire purchase price of the property. So I put zero cash into it. So the cash that I do have in right now is just what I've been paying architects and attorneys to do the development. We ended up buying three additional parcels adjacent to that property. Those were also going out and from family members and raising those funds. So even though I didn't know it, it was really a good introduction into what fundraising was. Yeah. Uh, Although now having gone through the process of working with SEC attorneys and all the legalities behind that, I recognize there are probably a lot of things that I could have done at a higher level at that time, but. uh, Luckily it's family, family and friends for right now. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So we got family and friends and they're all interested in rolling their investment into equity when that time comes. So I think it's going to turn out to be a really great thing. The next property that we bought was a car dealership and that one was maybe even more of an adventure because I recognized that if we were going to build on this property and build a dealership, I would need to train staff and I didn't have room in my current operation to do it. So I thought I would move out of my office and I would go rent an office. So I just started driving down the street looking for something to rent, saw a sign. This old guy's name, Dwayne, walked out. He's like 80 years old. He'd been on the property for 40 years. And I asked him if he was going to rent. He said he wanted to sell. I didn't want to buy. And he said, well, why don't you take a look anyway? So we looked around and I said, well, I really would like to rent. And he said, well, I want to sell. I want to retire. What if I carried the note? And I thought, well, okay, show me around a little more. So we looked around. I'm like, you know, you're going to probably want a bunch of money down and a high interest rate. He goes, well, what if we did 10% down? I thought, okay, well, show me a little bit more of the property. So we looked around. I said, well, you're probably going to want a high rate. And I, I just don't want to go through that. He's like, what if we did 3%? So I bought that next property on a seller carry five years ago at 3% interest. Wow. And what a bargain that's turned out to be. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So going back to that first property, that first property, how much was the purchase price? It was 750 750 and then uh, throughout the last couple of years, you've been buying more parcels around it to kind of make it even bigger, correct? Yeah. So we started with about four and a half acres and we've got close to six acres there. Now. Nice. Yep. And then how much permits and entitlement, like all the process attorneys and so forth, architects to be able to get you closer to this finish line thus far? 
Yeah. So Brandon, we lucked out there too. So I don't know if the architect that we'd hired really had thought through it very much, but the contract that we got with him, I paid him like $10,000 as a retainer. And then we didn't owe him anything else until we got to entitlement. And because the city has kind of been a bear, we had a set rate of $90,000 for that entitlement phase, but I haven't had to pay him a dime in the last two and a half years. So we've had wow. engineers that we've paid. We've had, you know, our attorney and we're probably a hundred thousand or maybe 150,000 into that. So once we get done, I, I'm guessing it will be around the $300,000 mark without the cost of the other properties. Wow. That's incredible. And then afterwards, so you'll have, a, well, I'm sure the other parcels weren't cheap either, but how much do you think in total you'll have all into this this project? We'll be in probably about 1.8 million. 1.8, so rough cost. And then uh, how much are you trying to build on it? Uh, right now it's 92 units, but they're, they're condominium style. So they're three bedroom, two bath with a two car garage. And oh, nice. Yeah, we're looking at an out. Yeah, an average rental rate of $2,800 to $3,000 a month. So that's incredible. Higher and, what, and what does it cost to, to build over there? You know, I haven't taken a deep dive into that yet because my plan from the beginning was to get it to entitlement and then hand that sure. over. And the reason for that is going from the entitlement phase, there's you have a lot of risk, but not a lot of cost. Yeah. But that next phase where you're going to go vertical with it. Number one, I can't get the financing on my own to do it. I don't have the balance sheet or the experience. So I would need to bring in a partner. And as I've looked at it, bringing in a partner with the experience necessary, the balance sheet is going to put me in a minority position on the deal. And I just wasn't super excited about that prospect. So I think our, our goal right now is to sell. So I haven't gone too deep into what construction would be. But, you know, I know in San Diego, we're 250 to $300 a square foot finished. And I'm assuming that it's going to be a little bit less than that here, maybe two to 250, especially on that size project. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything comes down to negotiating and being that it's on your first one, you know, there's definitely going to be some sharks out there that may try to take advantage of it and try to get a stronger position. But the real gold is having the ownership, right? Having the papers, having, right. you know, doing that hard work that you did, the entitlement and so forth. And the entitlement process for any listeners out there that don't clearly understand that it's really just changing with the city what was once upon a time classified as, you know, something more basic, maybe a uh, only one unit there or four units or whatever, 10 units, whatever it was to something more beneficial, more advantageous to really take advantage of. So in this case, 92 units where you can build up from the ground up, make it brand new again, beautiful and and improve the neighborhood, all those things for the city's benefits, as well as your own benefits, your own pockets. So, you know, out here in San Diego, and that's the, the hardest part, that piece right there of finding the land, locking it up, the time and the money that it takes to be able to go through that process. And there's no guarantees that the city's going to say, yes, we'll do this, right? So doing all that, that's a lot of gold right there. But once you get to the point where you get the stamp of approval and you can make those changes, I mean, that's incredible. 
And there's a lot of value in that. Out here in San Diego, it's roughly about $300 to $375 per square foot to build ground up construction. Depends on where areas and and obviously, um, you know, end finishes and so forth. But I mean, it's, it's something to consider and, and realize the ARV and what it will be worth at the end, cash out refi, the cash flow that you're going to get from it. Tax benefits are incredible. Like how my God, it would be just wild to think about how many millions of dollars you'll be able to write off on your taxes for the next several years. <laughs> yeah, the cost variation uh, on this is going to be great. Yeah, for sure. So all that to say, the entitlement process, there is incredible value. It is not for the weary. It's for the it's for the individual that's patient and has the funds and, and the holding or can get very creative on that upfront piece. You know, if you did seller financing in the very beginning, that's incredible. Regardless, you had friends, family to be able to take it down. They're okay with it. And it just makes it a incredible win-win over time. So kudos to you on that one. And afterwards, remind me, I, I may have people that I can connect you with that make it a, a win-win scenario versus selling it or if you did want to sell it. But talk to me. So these couple properties that you're talking about, those are over in your area of Arizona. What about out here? What's the plans out here? What are you guys doing? Yeah. So the plan there over the next three to five years is $50 million in capital raise and the acquisition of roughly 100 properties and converting those single family homes into multifamily investment properties using the generous ADU legislation that's in place in San Diego, there's, I don't know of any other market in the world where you can, there's such a disparity between the cost of construction and the value of the property after it's constructed, plus the ability to convert single family into multifamily. It's, you know, those real estate meetups and stuff that I went to, everybody was trying to figure out how to go from a single family home into a fourplex or a sixplex or something else. Well, the great thing about this is you can condense that journey that would take people five or 10 years into about 12 to 18 months. And you have all the tax benefits that come from it and the rent factors that are in San Diego, the high demand that's there and the weather. And you have an excuse to have to go to the beach. So that's one of our sales pitches to our investors too, is like, now you have a tax write-off for going to the beach. How does it get better? It's not a bad gig, right? You know, out here, it is amazing where, you know, they set up ADUs, so excessive dwelling units for anybody that doesn't understand that. It's basically if you have the land and you have the availability on your property, your parcel, you're able to potentially, you know, get it permitted to build an, another unit or several units. There's a five unit building that I'm looking at right now that we can actually build 11 ADUs on the property to make it 16. I mean, that's incredible, right? And I'm physically living in a duplex and we're going to build two units in the back. There's another single family property that I have down the street that in Bay Park area and that one, it's beautiful, but we're actually going to build three units there to make it a fourplex. And you know what, Alan, what you're talking about here is that difference of how much it costs you to build 300, 350, 375, whatever, versus what it's the ARV afterwards per square foot is about a thousand or so. I mean, it's incredible what that looks like. And just being able to do the birth strategy, cash out, refinance and get 
all that, you know, tax-free money, cost segregation, everything else. I mean, there's really not too many other places that you can do something like that. The only downside I would say is the city and the time it takes and the process, the permits, you know, in, in blue states, it can be really a pain in the ass. <laughs> there's a lot of pushback. Yeah. And I actually, you know, there's the yin and yang in that, right? So yep. the great thing about that is I think there's a lot of people who are not familiar with the San Diego area who yep. are really afraid of those things. Once you're there and you know how to do it and you know, my partner's completed 13 projects. So he, we have plans that have been approved for both two units and four units uh, additions. So we just take that same plan that the city's already approved, drop it down on the new lot. We have a very tight buy box of what we're looking at. And it's either a property that's going to turn into a fiveplex or a property that's going to turn into a triplex. Yep. And we just can manufacture there's one over the other. His private home right now, just speaking about returns on investment, he had less than $100,000 of his own money invested in that property and raised the value of the property by over a million dollars. So his return on investment, I think, is like 1,380% on that property or something that's crazy. It's just real minimum, real minimum stuff yeah, we're talking about here, guys. Yeah, and super I, small. But it did take him a full year to realize that. So that might, you know, distract or, you know, keep people out of that investment strategy. And rightfully so. Walk away from that, guys. Yeah, One year. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible, though, once you realize making money is great, too, right? And that's what we want to do. We want to generate money. And when you can build it from ground up and have that huge spread right there and, you know, be able to take advantage of that, that's creating money out of thin air, right? And having a beautiful product to have afterwards that people are like very excited to live in. But not just that, once you start making so much money, the second key component to it here is saving money and not having Uncle Sam take all of it. And and so this is another big key factor that, you know, doing cost segregations, being able to write off millions of dollars on your taxes, which is incredible. And just that cash free money from refinancing, still cash flowing and everything else. It's it's incredible at the end of the day. So these are some of the things that make it very, very beneficial for anybody getting started to consider for sure. Absolutely. And that's one of the great things that I love there too is, I mean, no matter what, you're buying a house not in good condition for around a million dollars and you can cost seg that. You've got six or $700,000 of write-offs that are going to come to you. And then when you build the ADU, you can cost seg the cost of that construction. So you multiply that again. Um, but something where I thought you were going with your previous comment actually is something that just hit me. We did a meetup in San Diego a couple of weeks ago and we were marketing to investors and other people interested in building ADUs, but we had a lady show up that really touched my heart, uh, Brandon. She she was in her 70s and she had these like note card sized pieces of paper where she had printed her contact information, given her a little bio, and she was going to real estate meetups trying to find an ADU to live in. She doesn't want to take care of the whole property for herself. And she can't afford to rent, you know, a thousand square foot home in San Diego. And yeah. right, I just read an article where I think there's like 17 potential renters for every one available property in San Diego right now. And she was 
so desperate to find a place so that she could stay in San Diego that she was going out to these real estate meetups looking for a landlord. And that just also, you know, is a really good reminder too that, you know, we've got this whole baby boomer generation where the demographics are changing. And these ADUs, I know there's some people that dislike the fact that you can turn a single family home into a threeplex or a fourplex. But the reality is, is, you know, you know, my mom is now a widow and she tore her uh, ACL and some other ligaments and stuff playing pickleball the other day. And, you know, she is getting to the point where we would rather not have her living on her own. Yes. Yeah. So be able to do an ADU where you can bring mom and have multi-generational housing, or I've got some adult kids where it would be way cheaper for them to be in an ADU and bearing the costs of some, some of that mortgage is just an amazing opportunity for families too. Yeah. Well, and some of the restrictions here in San Diego, at least, I, I don't know, I can't speak on any other places, but some of the restrictions or requirements when you're building some of these like junior ADUs and, and so forth is that a portion of these properties need to be for affordable housing to take advantage of certain tax things and so forth. Um, so what that would do is really it sets up for situations just like she had, for example. And then, you know, you can be more in an of an affordable median household. It doesn't say much because out here the median household is still what they consider poor is still a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and so investors can still charge a strong premium. But anyway, there's some wiggle room there. It makes it a little bit more beneficial instead of top dollar. Well, and then for investors though, on the properties that don't need to be affordable living, you're not subject to rent control for 15 years. So yeah. you're going to be able to raise rents at market rates for 15 years and get a tremendous return on that investment that's going to outpace as if, if you were going to buy an existing duplex or fourplex or something like that. Yeah, that's good. I love it. Well, this is exciting, man. I love everything that you got going on and everything you know uh, that's in the mix right now. The market's kind of wild. So what is your thoughts on the market? Like nobody's got that crystal ball, but there's a lot of fear still in the market. We got, we're coming up on an election year, uh, which historically shows better signs uh, for real estate and usually everything economy related. But God knows with everything that's going on in our world with a uh, presidency and so forth. So give me your thoughts. I know you guys just started the fund. I'm sure you guys are very bullish and and realize that there's opportunities everywhere in every market. But uh, what, what are your thinking the outcome's going to be in the next 12 to 18 months? Well, I'm, I'm sure to make a prediction that's wrong, no matter what direction you go. I, <laughs> I think what's interesting with this market that's really different from anything I've seen. And I went through, I lost two houses in 07. Um, okay. I didn't know what I was doing and I had yeah. uh, invested at the worst time. Yeah. Um, so everyone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, but that, even that isn't true because if I just held onto those houses, they would have doubled or tripled in value now. So there isn't really a bad time, I think, to invest. What I, I think is if you don't understand or know what you're doing, looking for an experienced partner would be the first recommendation that I have. And I that's agree. where I have a lot of confidence in San Diego areas. My partner's knowledge and experience there is as deep or deeper than anybody else I know. And so that gives me a lot of stability in that market. I also think how, you know, what your strategy is, where 
we know that we're going to add exponential value to the property in a very short amount of time. You know, I've stress tested our financial model to withstand a market decline of up to 27%. I don't think we're going to see that. I think it might be stagnant. But the numbers that you're seeing in San Diego, where there's 17 people that for every one house available, is the same thing that we see in Phoenix. You know, anything listed under four hundred and fifty or five hundred thousand dollars here is still going under contract within a day or two, and oftentimes at a higher price than what ask is. I've got seven houses here under contract. All of them were over above asking price, and all of them went under contract in less than a week. Yeah. So, you know, if you if you understand the market and you work within the what's happening, I, I mean, it's kind of strange to say, but if you're going with the flow and not fighting it, then I think you're going to be okay. And if you succumb to fear, no matter what market you're in, you're going to lose every time. Um, there's a big difference between fear and caution. I would say that we're cautiously optimistic and bullish, uh, but we're not stupidly optimistic and bullish. I'm not going to pay, you know, over market value for a home and then not do anything to improve it and just hope that that works out okay. You know, I'll buy a house on market and then build four more units because I know what the result is going to be. But that same play wouldn't be true if I just thought, hey, I'll just go buy one, I'll turn it into a short term rental and it'll work out okay. I don't know if that's going to be true or not. So you yep. need to find something that you understand that you can execute efficiently and work with an experienced partner if you're not the guy with the experience. What are your thoughts about the interest rates? You think they're going to go up, stay the same? go lower? Well, I'd, I'd like to hope that they go a little bit lower. I, I don't think that we're going to see a dramatic drop anytime soon within the next you know, year to 18 months. I think that what we experienced you know, three, four years ago with rates in the 2% range and 3% range, yeah, we're not going to see that for another 20 or 30 years. Um, but I think we could see normal rates in the next two to three years. And by normal, I mean in the you know, four and a half to six and a half percent range. But again, you just have to underwrite for what the conditions are. I can't change what the rates are. And uh, so you've just got to be able to find off market deals or do other things to make sure that you're investing and not gambling. Now, the the interest rates have been just going up and up and up the last year and a half, right? And yeah. so it's kind of with longer term investments or things that you're going to do ground up construction and so forth, and you got to wait 12 months before you lock in other rates, you know, what are you guys' uh, projections for something along those lines? Are you guys underwriting at higher interest rates just in case if it keeps going up or what does that look like? Yeah. Well, since we're buying as investors, we're paying a higher rate anyway than what you might be paying if you're buying, you know, Freddie or Fannie. So yeah, we do underwrite for that, um, but we also hedge those bets with, you know, our first thing is we're gonna do a remodel in the home and add some equity. And so no matter what the rate is that we're paying for that first year, we're gonna outpace it by value add. Um, so that's the first strategy is adding value so that you outpace the rate. And then we're also putting a renter in there, you know, either midterm or long-term depending on what the property is to offset what our holding costs are. So we anticipate losses on the rental side on that primary unit for the first 12 to 15 months. But the return at the end of that is so far greater that it's worth that. If you understand what you're doing, it makes sense to do it. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I love it. Awesome, Alan. Well, I'm excited for you, brother. You know, very exciting to see the times that we're in and you guys just getting started to rock and roll with uh, everything that's, you know, underway. And I love the goals of getting 100 properties, 50 million raised. So very exciting for you guys. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. It's the Alan Underwood. Uh, You can message me there, connect. Facebook is the same thing. Uh, You can look me up there. And our website is uh, mmtmgrp.com. You can connect with me there. We'd love to meet with you in San Diego or wherever and show you what we're doing. Awesome. Love it. Well, everyone, you got to reach out to Alan, uh, wealth and knowledge, and very exciting to see what he is in the middle of and about to accomplish in the next few years with the rest of the team. So with that being said, reach out to Alan, wealth and knowledge. If you guys want to get a hold of me, you can always do so on Instagram. It is Brandon Elliott Investments. Uh, Check out on Instagram as well, Credit Council Elite. Um, If you want to get a hold of me on facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor, Otherwise, if you're really looking to get a better understanding of credit, I'm talking about get to the 800 club in less than 30 days guaranteed, 800 FICO score that is, and be able to get up to $500,000 every six months, repeating this every six months at 0% interest. The 0% interest ranges from six months to 24 months on average, about 18 months gives more than enough time for you to buy properties, all cash with the credit, and then be able to save yourself with an insurance policy, basically against your contractor. So you don't get screwed over and so much more diversify, grow and scale your business. Then check out creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. We're teaching you how to get the banks to say yes a hell of a lot more. So if you're looking to get up to 500K every six months at 0% interest, check out creditcounselelite.com. Just get a second opinion from us. Um, we would love to sit down with you, see where you're at, where you're looking to go. And if it's a right fit, we'd be honored to help you. With that being said, if you have not already hit that subscribe button to the podcast, Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing, what are you waiting for? Do that right here, right now and leave that five-star review. We will see you next time. God bless. See you guys. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.